right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Dating Culture. Um, I, as per the usual, have a very special guest on today's episode. Um, Bile, welcome to The Dating Culture. Um, we have Bile, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And actually, Bile, you and I met through the Instagram world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we got the fortunate opportunity to meet each other at a a family member's wedding, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited that we're talking about um, our topic today because I think it just is much needed and there's just a lot of education that needs to go um, around this specific topic. Yeah, so um, trigger warning everyone, we are going to be talking about sexual assault, um, you know, just all things sexual assault in terms of um, how men have experienced sexual assault, women have experienced sexual assault, um, and just breaking that down and, you know, learning how to work with somebody even that has experienced um, sexual assault. So um, before we dive even deeper into that, um, Bile, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into being a therapist? So like you mentioned, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I practice out of North Carolina, New Jersey. a lot of your followers, I think, follow me too, Mono Counseling. Um, but I originally wanted to do a lot like of couples and family work. Um, and as I was doing like my internship, we, um, it was a nonprofit internship, but like we also worked a lot with the um, Essex County Rape Crisis Center. Um, and so I got like firsthand experience of working with clients who've been sexually assaulted, sexually harassed, abused, domestic violence victims. Um, and it just sort of opened up a whole nother gateway for me, mainly because like there aren't a lot of South Asian therapists. And we know in our, like in South Asian culture, there's just so much that goes on with sexual assault. And there's just so much stigma and lack of education and sort of all these things. And I really just wanted to be able to provide at least South Asian men and women the ability to talk to someone who understood like their culture, the language, all of these things. Um, And so I sort of soaked all that in and just ran with it. And it just opened up so many doors for me. So many clients who like are South Asian and outside of South Asian, just have opened up about um, their sexual assault, their sexual abuse, their um, experience with domestic violence. And it's just so like impressive, I think, to think that people can come and just like, when they feel ready and comfortable to come and like talk um, to a therapist about what their experience was. And this is like, a lot of times it's people who are coming for the first time ever disclosing ever in their life to anybody that they've been abused, harassed, assaulted, um, any of that. And so I just think it's so impressive and there's so much power um, going to therapy and working through some of that. Um, so it kind of just, like I said, opened up that gateway for me. And I just really feel grateful that I'm able to provide these services specifically to our culture too, with the language barriers and cultural barriers. Mm, that's really beautiful. Um, I am so passionate, obviously, about, you know, just mental health in general. And um, I think it's really wonderful that we're seeing more South Asian therapists in this space. And um, I perf- I have thoroughly enjoyed every single conversation that I've had with every therapist that I've ever had on, on my show. And it is and I do that and I intentionally have more, I intentionally have a lot more therapists on this show and I want to continue doing that in the future, um, mainly to just show people that 
talking to a therapist is very normal and it's mm-hmm. very healthy and it's very good for your like your mind, your body, your soul. And just like, you know, identifying, you know, blocks and stuff within, you know, your everyday. So I highly encourage anybody who's just kind of like on the fence, um, you know, just really think it through because these topics that we're going to be discussing today are, they're very intense. Um, they're very, you know, they, we're going to dive pretty deep into, um, you know, just, we're just going to dive really, we're just going to go in, you know, and just really yeah. talk about um, sexual you know, mm-hmm. harassment experiences and everything. So um, anyway, thank you for sharing all that. Um, so why don't you tell us exactly like what sexual assault is? Mm-hmm. So um, sexual assault would be any form of sexual action um, that a person performs without your consent. So think of um, just like um, any form of like physical, uh, touch, um, kissing, like any of that stuff, um, sexual violence, any of that is considered. So anything basically that is without your consent, um, would be considered any form of sexual, um, assault. Gotcha. Um, and sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off. Unwanted sexual touching, fondling, um, like groping, Mm -hmm. um, obviously penetration of a victim's like body, um, any of that stuff is considered oral sex, um, is all considered, um, forms of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the reason we wanted to identify that is just so people understand, like it can be as simple as, you know, just some, something as simple as just touch. Right. And, and, and when I say that, I say it very, I say, um, in a way that's like, if somebody just makes you even feel some type of way in the way that they've touched you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind it's just, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it, we want to identify that so that if it is happening, you're mm-hmm. fully aware that that is inappropriate and it's, you know, sexual assault. Yeah. Um, and so I know you said that you are a marriage and family therapist. Yeah. How often in your pool of clientele or how often in your like total amount of clientele are you seeing sexual assault happening um right now if I probably only have a few clients um just just because of the nature of how things are in the pandemic and things like that yeah Um, yeah, yeah. a lot more like couples but um before I was seeing a lot more, especially when like the pandemic started and even a little bit before the pandemic too. Um, and maybe mainly that's also probably because I also worked for like the Charlotte Rape Crisis Center. Um, and so that was like primarily my caseload. Um, but again, like a lot of, a lot of people come to therapy not recognizing that they maybe have been assaulted or that they've been harassed or sexually abused, any of that. And then as we go into like the cusp of like talking a little bit about trauma, because we've all experienced some type of trauma, right? And so as we talk about what type of trauma they might have experienced, sometimes we just like unfold some things that have happened. um, And it kind of naturally leads us to that segue of talking a little bit about, you know, sexual abuse or sexual assault, if some of my clients have experienced some of that. And so it always starts off with talking a little bit about trauma. And then we go into talking deeper about like what, what trauma was experienced, what trauma unfolded in their lives and how it impacts them now. Yeah. And, and that comes in so many different forms, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And I was just going to say sometimes like, it'll be like, we're talking about um, familial trauma, right? Like with parents or family members or whatever it is. And that might trigger a memory or trigger a response 
for somebody, um, for, for my, one of my clients to remember something else that had happened in their life. So I've had so many clients, you know, like where one of them will be like, you know, something was happening and I just like smelt something and it reminded me of something that happened in my life. Or I, you know, was somewhere and I heard something or someone's voice like triggered a memory for me and it brought me down this path and I started exploring more. And then like we go into it and we find out so many more pieces of that trauma. And so um, it, it starts out one place and it might end up somewhere else because our bodies are, obviously our bodies are really amazing. Our, our minds are so amazing, but they do a really good job in protecting us um, by suppressing some of these like memories because they don't, it doesn't want us to feel hurt, but um, that's also part of like going through trauma. The triggers will just bring you right back up for you. Definitely. And I really appreciate you sharing that because so I know you and I had talked a little bit about me sharing my experience Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a little nervous right now, what I'm about to share, but um, you know, the reason I'm, you know, obviously also sharing this is because number one, like it happens to everybody or not mm-hmm. everybody, but it happens to so many people, like in a lot more people that than we think it does. Right. Yeah. And you mentioning, you know, it triggers a memory in our brain. So I'm going to share a story, but a friend of mine, actually, probably I would say three to four of my male friends had within a time period of three to four weeks had come to me and said that they had been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And so these are men that are in their early thirties, mid thirties, and they are just like their body language when they had shared with me this information. First of all, it wasn't like a, we were just hanging out one day and then they share this story, right? This was like, we were in deep conversation about something that led to another that led to another thing that led to another thing um and you could see the nervousness in their eyes you can see how scared they felt when they were sharing this information Mm -hmm. and you know it's just you know it so and it was crazy because it like i said it had happened it was like three or four of my my guy friends that had told me in such a short period and i'm like if these are some of my closest friends, like men that I really care for, take, you know, feel some sort of obligation for taking care of at some point in my life, you know, I'm like, this is happening to so many people. And Mm -hmm. so when you had mentioned just now, um, how, you know, certain things trigger a memory at that point, probably just a few weeks later, I was reminded that I was inappropriately touched at a, at a young age mm-hmm. um, and that I was put in a situation where they had crossed their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, you don't think to yourself in that moment, you're actually like, you know, and I'm sure there's situations where some people are very scared. Um, in that moment, I was confused. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that is a very normal response. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? I don't even know how it came up. I don't know what had what happened that had led me in that very moment to like remember that that was a thing Mm -hmm. because now I'm at a place where I'm like okay it happened you know I'm recognizing and remembering that it happened and then it's other memories that are then coming up of other situations and other times so now I'm thinking now you know now that I'm thinking out loud well not I mean just even from before over the course of time I had started to remember other situations Mm -hmm. and so it's 
it's crazy. Like you said, like the brain is fascinating in the sense that it does protect you and it does take you back to those places. And I can't imagine being um, in a situation where it had could have gone even further, you know? And so you think to yourself, somebody crossed boundaries with my body and I'm sure that people go through the waves of emotions. Like they're like, okay, it happened. And then they might have another experience or emotion that comes out that's anger. And then another emotion that comes out that's fear. And then it comes, and then it just spirals of like, if I have a daughter one day, or if I have a son one day, or if I have a child one day, is this going to happen to my kid? Because it happens so often. So, you know, I just wanted to release that a little bit Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, just let the world know that this is a lot more common than we think. And it was so shocking to me because my, the, the, the group of people that were telling me this were the men who had experienced something very similar. Yeah. So, oh man, I just gotta take a deep breath. Cause that was a lot. Yeah, I was actually going to pause. Let's like, let's slow down for a sec for you. Yeah. Today, right? Like, Cause I was going to ask you like, when you, um, like after your, your friends had told you that, right. And then like a few like days, weeks later, where you like were triggered and like you remembered some of these things how do you like do you remember how it impacted you mental health wise like when when the trigger sort of like um brought up some of those memories yeah it definitely like I think that as I've gotten older I've definitely become a lot more closed off to just men I've definitely come off a lot more um just like you know a little bit more weary Mm -hmm. of you know entertaining Mm -hmm. relationships with men um, definitely a lot, 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 lot more cautious. Um, I w- actually, I wouldn't use the word cautious, definitely a lot more like nervous, um, mm-hmm. for any type of like sexual interaction at all. Yep. Um, and then also finding myself in positions where I'm trying to figure out how to be confident enough to tell somebody, Hey, don't cross boundaries with my body. Yeah. Because even that's a hurdle. Yes. Even that is a very uncomfortable process and thought process to figure out you know like how do I tell him who's because you think to yourself well he's bigger and stronger so like if anything happened he could actually just do whatever he wants Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it's like that it's so twisted right it's so twisted so yeah I mean there's definitely you feel really powerless when you like when you say just like that and a lot of my clients do right like a lot of them have mentioned the same thing that you mentioned about feeling really confused Um, a lot of them have told me that they, in the moment when boundaries were crossed, whether they knew or they didn't know, um, they like responded with like freezing and just like not doing anything. And then there's a lot of guilt and shame and disappointment and hurt, anger, all of that, that comes with it. But, um, yeah, like I, it's, it, I think it just makes you feel really powerless what you just said about, well, if I'm in a sexual encounter with a male that I'm okay with for a little bit, and then like, then my mind goes to, well, what they're stronger than me. They're bigger than me. They're taller than me, whatever it is. You just automatically feel so powerless. Like at any point, something can go the other way. And I think it, that's a really um, disappointing feeling, I think. to have. Yeah. I will say that I'm thankful enough to be in a place where my mental health is, you know, I can catch myself in these moments and just, you know, do all the things right mm-hmm. to, to, you know, make sure that I'm forgiving myself, make sure that I'm you know, releasing it, making sure that I'm doing everything that I possibly can to work through that. Right. Um, and not suppress it and rather like work through it because I can also see myself being in a place of like, okay, well that's the past, you know, I have to just like move on and that's not okay either. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, and the, when I say the words like 
well, they're stronger. It's because I remember being in a position where I couldn't get myself out of the position, you know? Okay. Um, and it was scary, right? Right in that very moment, because you're like, what? Again, there's such a, there's this cloud of confusion over you. Yeah. Um, and also, you're looking at this situation while, like, well, I thought I knew you, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, I also wanted to mention that the men that have come out to me, sharing their experiences have been sexually assaulted by family members mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how often are you seeing that happening um in your in your clients that you're speaking with um so just like for general knowledge for the most part people there's a higher rate of um people being sexually assaulted by someone that they know whether it's a significant other whether it's a friend whether it's a family member whether it's like a boy scout girl scout like leader whether it's like a camp counselor any of those things like so there's actually a lot higher chances of being sexually assaulted by someone that you know rather than someone that you don't know and i don't think a lot of people know that um and that's i think what that's where um it gets really confusing but you're my family you're my friend you're you're my significant other you are my i don't know like church counselor you're my whatever it is i know you how could you how could I even think that you would betray me in that way. And that's where it gets really confusing. The lines just get so blurry, but that's just so important to know that it doesn't, it's not, I think uh, media does a really good job in portraying just like a random stranger on the streets or whatever it is, right? But like, we forget to look internally and the people that we don't have the boundaries that are built with, like they have the easiest access to us. And we don't know our own boundaries. It just becomes that much more confusing for ourselves, right? Yeah. When you were mentioning about like, you know, just in general, like, you know, maybe going out and dating and things like that. And like, it's um, a hurdle to create boundaries when you're in any type of interaction. Sometimes the boundaries to be um, aware of are like the anxiety that pops up when you're around a person or like your body tensing up. Remember we talked about how our bodies like respond to us. Like any of those could be just your body like telling you, hey, I feel really uncomfortable right now. So I need you to take a step back before we even get, before things get even like past this point. And so just like, not just you, but like everybody, including myself, like we just need to really be able to pay attention to our bodies and what signals that they're sending. The anxiety, like all of those, the panic attacks, like the shaking of the hands, feeling tense, feeling nauseous, headaches, all those things is just your body telling you like, I'm uncomfortable. You got to take a step back because this isn't going to go the way that I want it to go. Um, it's like kind of how, the way. <laughs> yeah. And how do you help build, how do you help your clients build confidence around that? Because like I said, like, as I was saying it, I was like, oh my God, I was probably, I've probably been in so many situations where I've been too nervous to like, like I said, like too nervous to say, or like formulate the sentences or the words to say, Hey, can you just back off? Cause that's, you know, again, in, I can only speak on behalf of South Asian culture, but you know, obviously women's voices have been so suppressed for so long. Right. So like, how are, how are you teaching your clients, you know, how to how to set those boundaries and how to build that confidence around it yeah i think in general like uh, we'll, we'll talk about south asians for a second too but like we don't come with boundaries technically none of us really do right it's not like our parents like taught us hey like don't let somebody touch you or like this is inappropriate or you need to speak for yourself your body's your own like we were just kind of all right go about it and go go for it and so the first thing is first i like educate what even boundaries are. I'm saying boundaries, but to somebody they just might mean, I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. And so educating 
the types of boundaries, verbal, physical, sexual, you got to know what those are, because if you don't know what they are for yourself, you're not going to be able to implement them. It's just, I mean, if I don't know what my own sexual boundaries are, if I don't even know what my physical boundaries are, then I'm going to put myself in situations where I may just not know what is too much for me. And so you got to know what they are in terms of like, what do they mean? I'm not okay with kissing. I'm not okay with holding hands. I'm not okay with sex. I'm not okay with I don't know, like meeting you in person by myself at night or whatever it is, any of those things. Um, if you don't know what those are, then it's just going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, so I try to start out with just like explaining to my clients, one, that it, we should have boundaries and we just cannot navigate through life without them. And then we go into what types of boundaries and how it manifests in every single relationship in our life. Um, when they are at a point where I feel like they're doing a really great job in setting those boundaries and they know what boundaries are, the confidence just almost goes up on its own. You just have to have a really good grasp on it. It's almost like we were taught to go to like war without any like any equipment, no shields, no nothing. And so like now I'm giving you the shield. The shield is your boundary. So carry it wherever you go and you get to determine what's a part of that shield. Nobody else gets to. That's your confidence. Yeah, I love that. And also knowing that everybody's boundaries are different. Everybody's verbiage is different on how, what that looks like. Um, you're the way you say it is going to be different than the way your friends are saying it, you know, exactly. it's really like comes down to what feels good and comfortable and safe for you. Mm -hmm. Um, because I definitely can remember, you know, situations where I, I put myself in uncomfortable situations and then you just, you know, you know, you kind of are just like, it's fine, whatever. It's not that big of a deal, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you're, you know, you feel like shit the next day because you're just like, oh my God, like somebody verbally crossed boundaries with me or somebody, you know, just generally, right? Yep. Um, and so I just identifying like within yourselves, like what those, like how to say those, how to say that those boundaries, right? How to actually, you know, have the confidence to say them. So, because people are so nervous with confrontation, people are very, very uncomfortable confrontation. So, um, I encourage people to like, you know, I don't know, practice saying it, pra you know, practice putting, you know, not to call that energy in, but, you know, just making sure that people are aware, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted to go back to talking about um, sexual assault that um, people experience and how to work with a partner that has experienced sexual assault like if you're dating somebody and that's something that they've experienced and like let's just dive right into that yeah that's actually so obviously like you know I do couples therapy and most you know of my couples like if either one of them both of them have experienced any type of sexual assault um any form of sexual violence like it comes up right and so um I think one to if your partner has disclosed that they've been sexually assaulted um it's important one to like just support them right like this must be really hard for you be empathic you don't have to force them to talk about it if they don't want to um give them that space but just let them know that like you're there for them and that you know um that empathy i think will really just um create its own like type of connection so you again you don't want to force somebody to talk about it if they don't want to um you if they do want to talk about it then you kind of have to meet them where they're at so if they are only disclosing a little bit run with that and just say like that must have just been really difficult for you like have you talked to anybody about it um if you guys are like in a marriage or engage or something I always say it's probably really good to go to therapy because again these triggers pop up in different ways especially if it's unresolved trauma right like you might be 
Um, like I have a lot of times I have uh, couples where like one partner might be um, like what's the word being uh, becoming really anxious, um, but it has nothing related to like what they might be talking about. It might be something that was triggered and they're not even recognizing that they were triggered by something completely different. Right. And so like um, a lot of my couples who are married or like, again, in these um, long-term commitment, committed partnerships, I always say you should go to couples therapy to find out how you can be there for your partner. And a lot of that is just showing up for them emotionally um, and whatever, like whatever way is support to them. Cause you just need to be able to know like what happened. You need to be able to know what they need when they're feeling X, Y, and Z, um, in those times, like as they're working through their traumas, you just need to be able to know, um, how to support them in that best way too. Mm. Also, I think it's really important for partners to know what their, what their partner's sexual boundaries are, right? Like, especially if they disclose, like I need to know. And I think it's important. It just, creates um a level of trust to the next level like a okay well you mentioned that you're okay with x y and z are you still okay with it give your partner a voice in these situations um I think yeah yeah and the dialogue also creates probably like a much more like openness and emotional in, in with connectivity with emotional intimacy yeah um because now you're creating space for a, something that's like very vulnerable for a lot of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is important to talk about like what your wants and your needs are and your boundaries are within sexual capacities. So, yeah. um, and remember that like, you know, if, whether it's a partner or anybody, if anybody tells you that they've been sexually assaulted, sexually abused, or a victim of sexual violence, any of that, like they must have a level of trust with you, safeness or comfort that they're able to even talk about it with you. You know what I mean? Like whether they've gone through amounts of therapy or whatever it is, like there's a level of trust and openness that they're willing to um, approach this topic with you and, 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 and talk about it with you. And so be mindful of that too and respectful of that. I don't think everybody needs, to, like, I don't think everybody knows um, like what triggers and just like what responses somebody might have who, who has been a victim. Um, and that's okay. Like you can just say, I don't really know a lot about this, but I'm willing to hear you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't have experience with this, but I'm here for you. Yeah. How can I show up for you? Yeah. Encourage them to go to therapy if they're not in therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love, yeah, I love like hearing that, um, like, how can I support you? How can Mm -hmm. I be here for you? That's literally saying like, Hey, like I, right now I'm going to put me to the side and I'm going to listen to just everything you have to say right now. And I'm creating space for you. Um, and that sometimes just saying those words to somebody, like, I, I can't tell you how many times, like people have just broken down and just cried because they're like, nobody's asked me that question, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's really important. And again, like that, empathy factor is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, because sometimes people have, um, people are like nervous about therapy. People are, um, they don't agree with it. How would you go about recommending therapy to someone if you're not, if you don't know how they're going to respond to it? Because it is, I feel like it's still one of those things where it's still a little touchy Um, in the sense that where people might react in a way of like, well, why do you think I need therapy? Yeah, for sure. I will say this, um, I know the pandemic has had its ups and its downs, but I will say this is probably the busiest most mental health therapists have been. Um, One, because it's just opened up a lot more accessibility because we're virtual. And so people are not like running from their office to these appointments, right? And so 
I will say now I have a lot more couples because we're spending so much time together in our partnerships and we just are recognizing it's always, we've always wanted to go to therapy, but we've never had the time. I've mm -hmm. always wanted to try therapy, but I've never had the time. I've never had the funds, whatever it is. Right. And so most of my clients now come recommended from my other clients. And it's always like, Hey, like I'm trying therapy. Like, this is what it's been able to provide me. I've learned X, Y, and Z. I think that you would really like this person. Why don't you try it out? Um, and so sometimes like, a like, no, if you're gonna approach the topic of therapy, if you've been to therapy, I would recommend maybe the same therapist. If you're finding, you know, that you have a good connection with them or they're good. Um, talk about what you feel like you've gotten out of therapy and how it's been helpful for you and how you think it could be helpful for them. Um, again, normalizing it, right? Like we all have shit that we go through. And so we all have some spaces in our life that we just need someone to talk to that aren't our family members or our friends, because as supportive as our friends and family members and partners could be, they're still a biased opinion, right? Like they just, they're a biased opinion. So sometimes you just need someone who doesn't really know you, doesn't really know all these other people, but also can help educate you in certain spaces in your life that you know that you need a little bit more help. Yeah, I mean, it's already difficult, like sharing with somebody that this experience, like these experiences happen, let yeah. alone sharing with a stranger. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, like I said, I can only like encourage folks to talk to somebody who obviously is a professional, but also yeah. can help you understand that like what, you're, what you've experienced is not okay. Mm -hmm. um, and for somebody to validate that and also teach you how to like you know, work through every single emotion that is coming up. And that's why I value therapy so much mm -hmm. um, because I actually went to therapy years and years ago and I was like so confused as to like why I was there, but I was just like, whatever, let me just do it. I'll try it, yeah. like, you know, whatever. And I didn't value it until probably like two or three years later when my, when I went through a very, very um, depressed, like anxious phase of my life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is what my therapist was teaching me how mm -hmm. to work with my body and how to literally try and feel where in my body I'm feeling something coming up when I yep. hear this word yep. or when I, you know, think about this scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's the value of therapy for me, at least, you know, mm -hmm. um, and also just speaking with somebody who doesn't have opinions about like I said, biased opinions about family members or people who are involved in the situation, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just taking, taking your whole perspective and your whole scenario and just um, taking, speaking to somebody who can take 10 steps back with you and then work your way into who you are. Yeah. Um, you have to really like break a lot of these things down from where it started mm -hmm. and then work with every emotion that has come up throughout the years that have gone by or the future or the current emotions that are per, um, present at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, clarifying that because I have had mentioned to folks like, Hey, maybe you should try a therapist. And I'll say for the most part, everybody now is like pretty okay with mm -hmm. you know, hearing that question. Mm -hmm. um, but before a lot, I've had people react very poorly. Like, what do yeah. you, why do you think I need therapy? You know? Um, but I'm so glad finding a right fit, right? Like for a therapist, like you gotta, I went through four therapists before I found one that I actually really liked. And it's like, 
like you just you, you you're talking about vulnerable things so you need to be able to find a connection like you need to feel like you have a rapport with a therapist and it's like a good fit for you they're asking the questions that you need them to they're showing up for you emotionally in the way that you need them to because you know if it's not a good fit remember we're talking whatever it is that you're going to therapy for you've got to make sure you're with somebody who's like giving you what you basically need and I mean where I've had plenty of clients just say hey I just don't think this is a good fit for me and I've also been the one to just be like you know I just don't think this is I'm a good fit for you I feel like you're looking for somebody like this and right. so that's okay too I was gonna tell you that like um I think out of all the years so I've been practicing probably since 2015 right it's 2021 now I've only had three male sexual assault clients mm. look how long of a year that is 2021 to 2015 that's a long time only had three male sexual assault clients and that's because um I can put them all in one category and say that they all have mentioned feeling like they weren't man enough mm -hmm. um, to come to therapy and address their sexual assault, their sexual abuse, or they felt shame, uh, ashamed. They felt um, like, like self-doubt that did this really happen? Um, some of them questioned their sexuality because some of them, most of them, I think the three um, had been abused by a male. And so they questioned their sexuality. I remember distinctly one of them had mentioned to me that like, well, Pyle, like, am I gay? Because I, you know, was aroused when it happened. And so like, does that mean that I don't like women, even though he may have been really young? And so, you know, some, these are the things that pop up. And so from when I ever, whenever I have a male client that addresses a sexual assault, sexual abuse or whatever it is, like it's, it just opens up a whole different gateway um, because I think I'm going to say this really lightly. And so I know that there's a lot of conversations about sexual assault and women. There are not enough conversations about sexual assault and men. Uh -huh. There just are not. So many of my male clients have also mentioned like that um, they didn't feel like they were man enough or because they weren't strong enough to fight off the perpetrator when it was happening. Mm -hmm. And so there's just not enough conversations about this. Um, yeah. Society also doesn't do a good job because we grew up and they're just like, boys don't cry, boys have to be this, boys have to be strong, boys have to do yada, 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 yada. And so like, where are we setting it up for them to even come and use their platform to like talk about whatever it is that they want to like, where are we giving them the access to go say, go to therapy, cry it out, be angry, be sad, talk about your feelings. We're not doing that. Yeah, we're not. And, you know, that actually, like you mentioning, um, like some of your clients, one being some of your clients um, questioning their sexuality. Yeah, a lot of these men, um, or a few of them that I am, a few of them who have opened up to me were just, they literally asked themselves, like, I don't know, I can't tell if I'm into men or not. Mm -hmm. And obviously and it's it's all in the same conversation it's all in the hey this happened to me and you know a few minutes later it's I can't tell if I'm intimate mm -hmm. you know the other thing that I wanted to ask was how can we encourage men to share their experiences or share um, what it is that they went through and again I'm focusing primarily on men on on this um, episode because um, yes we do have a lot we do talk a lot about it with Mm -hmm. uh, women and mm -hmm. I'm going to continue speaking more and more about it um, mm -hmm. in future episodes but I really wanted to obviously with it being uh, men's health month and you know identifying these these um, 
things that we don't talk about enough in society. I'm primarily focusing on, on um, met, men who experience sexual assault. Yeah. Um, so how do we encourage men to like, cause that's such a vulnerable thing. And as we know, like, I mean, at least the mo- men in my life, like it's hard for them to get vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we encourage them to, to share? Yeah. That's a really good question. I think sometimes I struggle with that too, because I mean, aside from like my female clients that I have and who might be in relationships or have male friends, like I always just, you know, tell them like, encourage your friends, everybody really to go to therapy and normalize in in terms of like, I I think just normalizing the idea of therapy rather than like, Hey, go to therapy and talk about your sexual assault, talk about your sexual abuse. You know what I mean? And so like just normalizing the idea of like therapy has been really helpful for X, Y, and Z. Like, I think it could be helpful for you. I notice that you struggle with a little bit of anxiety. I'm wondering if if therapy can help you kind of keeping it like that and just allowing them to feel like it is okay for me to do these things. Like I, I, I am allowed to do these things if I want to, I think is a big, like a big part of it. Um, and I think, you know, months like this where I'm just seeing a lot more posts that you've been posting a lot too just about like men's um mental health month health 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 month health week sort of all these things and just more and more people doing their part in normalizing it like men have feelings too teaching our like our boys you know um our cousins our brothers our uncles fathers whatever it is like it's something that you should go and talk to their like talk to a therapist about just you know approaching that conversation do you know the statistic off the top of your head? Obviously, I don't know if you know, but do you know the statistic off the top of your head um, on like what percentage of men have reported sexual assault? Mm-mm, no, but I mean, if it gives anybody an inkling, I've been doing this for six years and I've only had three male clients. So if that, you know, gives up a little bit too. There are also like, I, I would be curious to know what the statistics, statistics are too. Um, but I will say too, like there are like groups, you know, if sometimes people don't like doing the individual therapy and they feel a little bit more included when they're doing group therapy. And mm-hmm. so there's like, you know, groups for, for men to go to it when it comes to like talking about sexual assault or just in general, group therapy, talking about um, self-esteem, self-worth, like all these things. And so, you know, that could be another thing too. And I always say that like, it's okay to, if like, if you're um, like group therapy in general, like if you find a group therapy that is not just for men and women, but for anybody really, I would encourage your friends to go with you. Like, let's, let's, let's go to group therapy together. Like, why don't you try it out and just, I'll come with you. Let's see how it goes. If you like it, then maybe we can try and see if we can find you someone for individual therapy. Sometimes mm-hmm. just feeling included and in that you're not isolated and alone. There are other people that go through some of these things with you um, can just be a segue too. Yeah. I don't know if this website is credible, so, but I'm just gonna, it says one in six. Is it rain? No, it's one in six.org. Okay. I would try um, rain. I just wanna, I wanna put that real quick. Yeah. For every 68 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted, and every nine minutes, the victim is a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I will try to find the statistic on this, but, um, it's yeah I want to just I wanted to talk about this because I want to obviously start normalizing the fact that yeah. you know, our men the men in our life need places for um yeah release and mm-hmm. that the more comfortable that hopefully we are as a society giving men the opportunity or the more we are encouraging the men in society to be vulnerable with their emotions hopefully you know, it's something that they will just generally feel more comfortable about sharing with somebody. So that can be something that's, you know, so they don't feel stuck, right? So they don't feel like 
you know, like they can't talk to anybody about this because you can, and um, it's really important that you do for, you know, not just for your own life, but your own men mental health, your safety, everything. Mm -hmm. um, so while any last words on the topic of sexual assault, um, sexual assault that men experience, mm. any patients, tips, tricks, anything that um, people can, you know, use as a resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one, I just want to make it really clear. Men and women can get sexually assaulted by the same sex or the opposite sex is my, is my point. Um, and so, cause I think we also forget the fact, again, this idea of like men being stronger than women, um, whatever it may be, like men um, can be sexually assaulted by women. I've had one or two clients who have been sexually assaulted by women being a man. And so um, I just want to make that like really clear. It doesn't, it's not just that somebody from the opposite sex, it can be from the same sex too. So um, that's one piece of it too. If you decide to go to a therapy for, to address any type of trauma, make sure that the therapist that you are working with is, um, has trauma experience, whether it's with sexual assault, whether it's domestic violence, whatever it is, do not be afraid to ask them in the initial email or phone consult, whatever it is that you're doing. Like, do you have experience working with someone who's been sexually, whatever, assaulted, abused, um, any of that? Because I'm not saying that therapists and a therapist who doesn't have experience can't help, but there's a different level of um, help that they can provide. Like just knowing what it can do to your physiological body is so, so important. I remember one of the male clients I had, he told me that he purposely um, he was sexually assaulted by a male, but he, he told me he purposely would, um, gain weight to make himself look more unattractive because he didn't want to catch anybody's eye. He didn't want anybody, whether it was a male or a female to like, even like look at him or even notice him. And so, um, and then also another form of it too, is IBS when your anxiety or the trauma triggers, like IBS is one of, um, one of the common um, side effects, symptoms that can, um, occur if you're, if you've experienced any type of trauma too. So just remember, and that's why I'm saying that you need to be able to be with a therapist who knows these things. So that way it's not just like, oh, you have IBS, go to the doctor. No, like IBS is flaring up for a reason. And let's talk about what that reason might be. Let's talk about the anxiety. Let's talk about whatever has popped up. Yeah. So, those are very like specific things to, to keep mm -hmm, in mind. Mm -hmm, just remember that piece too. Um, and I mean, again, like support system is super important. I think overall, whether you decide to approach the topic of therapy, whether any of this, I think a good support system with healthy boundaries and respects your boundaries and only how much you want to tell them and not push you for more than that, or question you when you're navigating through whatever this confusion may be. Um, I think a good support system is so key. It's just really, really, really important. And when you have good boundaries, you'll be able to kind of weed out what's good and what's not good for you. Yeah, and don't be discouraged um, if you have family members who deny it. Yep. That's yep. a thing too. Yep. Um, and I've been in scenarios where um, family members have denied it mm -hmm. and you're just like looking at them like, I'm processing trauma right now and you're denying the fact that it even happened. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just know that you know, don't, don't give up, mm -hmm. you know, um, even if somebody is just kind of like, no, that's not real, mm -hmm. um, because that's not fair to you and your happiness. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this really important information. Um, you know, you can 
always hit up um, Vile for um, counseling services. Um, and your Instagram is? Manu Counseling. And I serve North Carolina and New Jersey virtually only. Perfect. And the best way to, for people to get in touch with you is? Um, probably through just my Instagram, there's a direct link to my website, but remember you have to be located in North Carolina or New Jersey in order for me to provide services to you. Awesome. Southasiantherapist.org is another great one. If you're not located in these States, psychologytoday.com is another great one. Um, and so, yeah, make sure going through your insurance too, you can find referrals, but those are the two main ones. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. <laughs>